the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, amen. As is mentioning the introduction to the readings today, that um, uh, this is the first Sunday of the Coptic New Year, and the Church has organized the Sunday readings for us in three groups, um, uh, that are like the first third, second third, and last third of the year that have to do with the persons of the Trinity, that have to do with the story of our salvation and all of that, like how the readings are organized is really beautiful, but maybe a story for another day. But um, this is the only Sunday where all of the gospel readings have St. John the Baptist as their main character. Like in all the other readings on Sundays, the Jesus is really the one who is in the, fore, in the forefront. And in today's gospel, there's something which I've read several times and I've never really clearly understood. Jesus says to them, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So, so John the Baptist is the greatest, you know, man or person born, the greatest man, you know, to, to be born. Okay, I got that. Um, I mean, St. John the Baptist really, you know, exceeded all others in many, many different things. He was the one chosen to prepare the way for the Lord. He is the one... Who, who prophecies were written about him that he would come and he would prepare the way. He was the first person um, other than St. Mary and St. Joseph to recognize Jesus and he points him out as this is the Lamb of God. Um, he, and so not only in all of those things, but also in his character when, when they come and tell St. John the Baptist that, that this, man, this, this man that you baptized is, bapti- is, is now baptizing more than you and doing more than you. He says, uh, he, he says to them that I am the friend of the bridegroom. He must increase and I must decrease. And we see how humble he is. And then we see how bold he is. And how, so in, in his character... Um, and in many different ways, I can easily agree with, okay, St. John the Baptist is really, he's like top of the top, number one, okay, no problem. I can, I can, um, I can do that, right? But then he says, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So what's Jesus talking about there? Who is least in the kingdom of God and is greater than St. John? So is, it, is he talking about the angels? Well, no, but in Hebrews it says that the angels are ministering flames of fire sent to serve the sons of God, the children of God. So what is he talking about? St. Cyril explains to us. He explains to us this, that St. John the Baptist was the last, he, the last part of the Old Testament. I was saying in the introduction to the readings today that like if New Year's Day is January 1st or in the Coptic New Year is September 11th or whatever, right? Then the day before that is the last day of the previous year. I didn't say anything to you that's like, you know, novel, I'm sure. December 31st, 2016 was the last day of 2016. January 1st of 2017 is the first day of January of, of, January of, of 2017. St. John the Baptist... 
is December 31st. St. John the Baptist is December 31st. He is the end of the Old Covenant and he's preparing the way. He's laying the way for the New Covenant. Specifically, specifically, what is Jesus talking about? St. Cyril explains to us. He's, he's talking to us about going from being, trying to be the very best that we can be of ourselves and of our own ability and of our own capacities, which is like the you know, definition of self-righteousness, to going towards finding our righteousness in God and in His grace. And St. Cyril explains to us that all the, like there were people in Jesus' time that their full-time job was to obey God's laws. Those were the Pharisees. These were people who had separated themselves from society and from everything else, and that was what they did. They were typically a little bit wealthy. They could afford to do this. Typically, they had like businesses or something like that that their wives ran. So their wives were actually the ones generating the income. And they spent all their time, all day, all night, reading reading scripture, memorizing scripture, organizing scripture, like, and so on. They were the academics of their time, right? And they painstakingly sought out every one of God's commandments to fulfill them and to obey them. And this is like the pinnacle. And like Phariseeism didn't exist for like forever and ever. It was a relatively new thing in Jesus' time. It had only been around for a couple hundred years. And Jesus chose to come and to be incarnate during that time. To tell us that this that this, yes, can lead you, you know, St. John the Baptist is, is in the kingdom of heaven, but the, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Who is the least in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the least in the kingdom of heaven and where do I fit in all of this? Right? The least of the kingdom of heaven is you and me. St. Cyril tells us that Indeed, indeed, St. John is the greatest born of women. But we are born of God. We have a second birth that came from the baptistry. We were born anew. We we are born, we who are like the, the disciples of our Savior and have chosen to die to our old man and to be born anew in our new man, are born again in the baptistry. St. Basil kind of is sarcastic when he talks about that a little bit. And he says, can one be born again if he is already born? And then if he is born again when he is already born, now does he have two lives? And how does he, like, does he live one life and then he lives another life? He says, no, it is impossible to be born again unless one first dies. We must die in the baptistry and be born again, St. Basil explains. St. John the Baptist, the greatest born of women, 
And Jesus is saying, you think St. John the Baptist is great? You, you, the little flock, have a, have a place in my kingdom, which is even better. Even better than where, when, where John the Baptist is now. Because before, before, this, before, before this passage, they're coming and asking Jesus, their disciples are sent from St. John to ask Jesus, who are you? John's, John is in prison and he's asking us, who are you? Right? And so Jesus is, Jesus is exalting St. John the Baptist. And then he's, but he's saying that the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And that least in the kingdom of heaven is you and me. Those who have chosen to live in the covenant of grace. And then we find this exemplified in the first reading, which was taken from 1 Timothy, chapters 1, verse 12 through 19, where St. Paul says that I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. St. Paul says, I am way less than St. John the Baptist. By my own merits, like we'll look at my merits and St. John the Baptist's merits, right? By my own merits, I'm way down here. Like I'm way, way, way at the bottom. But... The grace of God covers me. The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. And in in Romans, he says, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And every time, you know, another priest told me, every time somebody compliments you or says something good to you, do the sign of the cross and and, and, and say this verse. Say this verse to yourself. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. To say to myself, to remind myself of who I was, and the only reason that I'm here is because he counted me faithful. Now, I have a question for you. You're going to say, okay, well, that's St. Paul. Well, that's St. John the Baptist. I'm still not so convinced Father John, that I could be this least who is greater than St. John the Baptist just because St. John the Baptist came in the Old Covenant and the Covenant of Self-Righteousness, whereas we are in the Covenant in the New Covenant and in the Covenant of the Righteousness of God, which He gives us through His grace. I want to ask you a question. When Jesus counted St. Paul faithful and called him into the ministry... What was he doing? Like, people oftentimes say, you know what, I want to come to church, I want to confess, and then I want to like, as I'm crossing the street to get to wherever I'm going, get hit by a bus, and that's it. Like, right? So I'm clean, clean slate, boom, I'm out of here. Right? I'll tell you, what was what was St. Paul doing? What was St. Paul doing when God, God called him? He's riding a horse. Where was he going to? He's going to Damascus. What was he going to do to the, in Damascus? All the stuff he listed here. He was going to be a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent man, a violent man, wrecking havoc on the church, he says in another passage. That's what he was going to do. That's the situation in which God called him. 
Because God's grace is for the undeserving. God wishes to give His gifts to those who don't deserve. And that's what God is calling you and me to. Like, today's sermon is not a three-point sermon. It's a funnel approach. You know, I'm getting, to, I'm getting to the crux. I'm getting to the point here. The point is, God doesn't want you and me to live trying to earn His favor. Trying to be good enough. Trying to please Him. God doesn't want you and me to go home today and say, Okay, I'm going to pray so God will be pleased with me. God wants you to walk out of church today saying, God is pleased with me. God loves me. God is pouring His favor and His grace upon me. God knows me by name. He counts the number of stars and He calls them all by name. But He also heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In the Psalms, those two statements are in the same sentence. They're in the same sentence. God is infinitely large and infinitely interested in the minutest details of your life and mine. He cares about you and He cares about me and has nothing to do with our merits. John the Baptist lived at a time where righteousness was something that was attributed, being good was something that was attributed to you, the title of good, you know? Uh, Ashley is a good person. And that was attributed to Ashley based on her actions, based on her words, based on what she is, does, not on based on who she is. These are the children of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God. God is inviting you and inviting me to be children. What is, and what is the crux of it all? Deeper down than all of that, what is the special gift of being a child? The one thing which belongs to a child and doesn't belong to anyone else is inheritance. See, <clears throat> there's this big misconception that is like a carryover from the old covenant that doesn't belong in the new covenant, which is that heaven is for good people. Heaven is an inheritance. The kingdom of heaven is an inheritance. And the only people that get an inheritance are children. Like, I love, I, I, I love you all, and you all are amazing people, and you're, you're, like, you're like family to me. But my daughter, my daughter is my daughter. So in my will, in my will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everything to my daughters. Right? Although I love you all, and you all know that I love you, and you love me, and we really enjoy, I really enjoy that relationship. Right? And that's great. But who's gonna, who, who's, who am I going to list in my will? My children. Because they're my children. Inheritance is only given to children. And in most situations, it has nothing to do with their with their merits to receive this inheritance. It has everything to do with their, with their position, with just who they are. The kingdom of heaven is not a reward. The kingdom of heaven is an inheritance. So those who are of the new covenant, 
who are children, who are born again in the baptistry, who are born again of Christ, who are born again to be sons and daughters of God, who are led by the Spirit, and those who are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. They are children, and to them is given an inheritance. God is not looking to your merits. He's looking to your pedigree. He's looking to the fact that you are born of Him. But St. Paul clarifies, St. Paul clarifies, what does it mean to be children of God? It means to be led by His Spirit. So God is inviting you and He's inviting me. At the beginning of this Coptic year, as we're starting a new year, He's inviting you and He's inviting me to ask ourselves a question. How much am I led by His Spirit? How much, how many of my decisions are by the leading of God in my life, which is the working of His Holy Spirit. And I want to, to give you good news. I am thoroughly convinced that God is working so much more in my life and in yours than we are aware. All He is asking for you and me to do today is to recognize it, and once having recognized it, to surrender ourselves to His working in our lives. Glory be to God forever and ever, man. I have sinned. Forgive me. And please pray for me.